Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. As it's already been purposed in heaven, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. If you have your Bible this morning, why don't you turn with me to... Colossians chapter 1, and we'll start reading it, verse 15. It's good to have all of our visitors this morning. Amen. Aren't we glad that they're here? Why don't we give them a hand clap of a welcome? Glad that you're here to be with us this morning. Jesus' name, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. And if you don't have a Bible this morning or your Bible app, we've provided it for you. You're welcome. is the image of the invisible God. Who's he talking about there? He's talking about Jesus. Right? If you go back and you read the first part, chapter one, you'll find out that he's talking about Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. Somebody say invisible. The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created. Somebody say all things. For by who? Were all things created. That are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible. Somebody say visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things, somebody say all things, were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him, somebody say by him, all things consist. Wow. That might be my favorite passage of scripture right there. That says a lot. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. All things are by him and for him. All things are by him and for him. Why don't you lay your Bibles down right where you're at. Lift your hands unto the Lord. Close your eyes. God, we love you this morning. We're thankful, Lord, for your presence that we felt in this place. God, we're thankful for every person that's come out to be with us this morning. God, you know what we need before we even ask. God, you are, you are the, these are your people, the sheep of your pasture. I pray, God, that you would say what needs to be said, do what needs to be done. I pray that you would minister in this house in whatever capacity necessary to bring your will to pass. And God, we will not forget to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, for it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, stay awake. Now elbow him again. Say, I'm watching you. Amen. You're my spies this morning. Spy him out. He starts sleeping on you. Poke him in the ribs. Praise the Lord. By him and 
for him. Somebody say that. By him and for him. Amen. All things, let me say all things, were made by him and for him. They were made by his power and they were made for the purpose of him. Amen. What'd you do? Pull a fast one on. By him and for him. Amen. It's a concept in the word of God that we as human beings need to get used to. Amen. It's not a concept that that we're taught unless you grew up in church and in a Bible preaching church where they taught you in Sunday school that God is the God of all things. Amen. If you were not raised in church, this is not the way that you were raised. Amen. In fact, there's a lot of people out there that are searching for their purpose. They're searching for a reason. Amen. They're searching for what is the, what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? Amen. You wake up every day, you go to work at a job, you fiddle around with whatever pleases you or whatever hobbies that you have in your life that helps you entertain yourself, your mind, and pass the time. Amen. But I would say most of people never really fully understand their purpose of why they are here. Amen. What is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of of my existence. Amen. What is the reason? Has anybody ever asked yourself that question? Why am I here? Amen. You, in order to understand, you have to, you have to go back and to the beginning where he says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. How many know the Bible says that in the beginning, there was darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. God began to utter his voice for the first time in eternity. Come on. He began to speak unto something. And it began to change and to move. He spoke into the darkness. And he said, let there be light. Amen. And the light that he was talking about was not natural light. Amen. It was the glory of God. It was the light of God. It was the life and the essence of God. Amen. In the beginning, he created his very glory and his very essence. Amen. That lights every man that comes into the world. You know, the, the fact that you even have life, that you woke up this morning, you have breath in your lungs, you have vitality in your body, and you have a living, breathing mind that you can move around and operate. That is from the life of God. Amen. That didn't come from anywhere but God. Amen. Every living creature that has been birthed on the earth got their life from him. Amen. It says he is the firstborn of every creature. Well, some people would say, well, how is uh, Jesus the firstborn of every creature? But he wasn't born till he wasn't the first man that was made. I mean, no, Adam was the first man that was made. Amen. But when he formed Adam from the dust of the ground, amen. How many know he declares the ending from the beginning? Amen. He doesn't work from the beginning to the ending. He's at the ending. Come on. He's in eternity. He's beyond time. Amen. He's outside of time. And so when he was forming man in the garden of Eden from the dust of the ground, he was looking at Jesus. Come on. He was looking at himself being made flesh and being made a man for he made Adam in the image of God. Come on. He made him in his image and after his likeness. If he didn't know what he was going to look like, then how would he make a man after his own image and after his own likeness? I want to tell you today, the reason that we have what we have, the life that we have, it's because of God. Amen. It's the plan of God. It's the purpose of God. It's the word of God. All things, everything, everything, it was made by him. 
and for him. Everything is without exception. Every man, every creature, every plant, every animal, every bacteria. Come on. Everything that has ever been created or made or had an existence was made by him. Amen. Everything that's been made by God has the essence of God in it. Come on, somebody. The, the very air that we breathe. Has anybody ever thought about it? The carbon dioxide that we exhale. Amen. Do you know that, that the trees that, that are planted outside, you know, they breathe it, they breathe carbon dioxide and they exhale oxygen. And we breathe in oxygen and we exhale carbon dioxide. Amen. How many how many's ever saw oxygen? Can you see the air going into your lungs when you're breathing? If you can, then you're different. You're not human. Amen. If you can see the oxygen that you're breathing in, you're not human. Amen. You're supernatural. How many know that we can't, we can't see the air that we're breathing? We can't see the carbon dioxide that we're exhaling. But that oxygen that we're breathing, that's what's keeping us alive. Amen. This world is about more than what you can see with your natural eyes. Amen. It's about more than you than what you can touch with your hands. Come on. It's about more than what you can smell with your nostrils. Come on. Or feel with your fingertips. Come on. Or hear with your ears. It's about more than just the tangible, natural things that are around us. Amen. In fact, the things that you can't see are more important to our existence than the things that you can. Amen. We, we are so caught up in what we can see, what we can touch, what we can handle. In fact, the reason that we trust them is that we can see them and handle them and feel them and, and hear them. And, 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 and it brings comfort to us to be able to touch them. Amen. But there has to be a time in our world where we realize that my existence is about more than what I can see with my hands and with, or with my eyes and touch with my hands and hear with my ears and smell with my nose, come on, or reason with my natural mind. It's deeper than that, amen. Everything that you can see gets its existence from something beyond our, our ability to see. Come on, it is made from something beyond us. And I want to tell you today, it is made by God, amen. It is spoken to existence by God. Somebody say amen. As long as we can see it. believe in it. Come on, somebody. We put our trust in it. We seek after it. We focus our attention on it. Amen. That becomes our main objective. Amen. But the things that we can see were made not, not made by things that, 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 that appear. They are a result of something greater at work. It's the part of that thing that you can't see that makes that thing what it is. In Hebrews 11 and 3, it says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The things of God that you cannot see give everything that you can see their existence. They are a result of something greater at work. We focus on the things that we can see. But have you ever asked yourself the question, what is that made of? Who is the manufacturer of that thing? And what was the purpose behind it? Because the beauty of a thing is not found in how it looks or how it appears. But the true beauty of a thing is found in the purpose behind the creation of that thing. The value of, a, of something is not in the appeal that it has, but the value of something is deep down on the inside of that thing. Amen. Take an orange, for example. Has anybody ever held an orange in your hand? Why do they call an orange an orange? <laughs> Pretty deep, huh? 
didn't even get past the surface. Hmm. That's an orange. That that's the depth of our sight. That's the depth of our ability to see. We see the surface. But you know that orange is more than just that orange coating that's on the outside of it. If that's all you ever knew about an orange, you wouldn't know much about that orange. Amen. But if you would take that orange and you would cut it up into pieces, all right, and you look on the inside of it, you begin to see the fibers of what it's made of. But still, that don't mean very much to us. Amen. We, we like oranges because the way they taste and the way they smell, right? But have you ever looked beyond that? Think about it. Have you ever thought about what is that made of? Because if you begin to dig into what that thing is made of, come on, if you begin to get a microscope and take a piece of that orange and put it on that microscope and begin to look a little bit deeper, Come on, you look past just the surface of what you can see with your natural eye and you begin to understand there's a lot more work in the center of that orange than just what, what it looks like, come on, or what it smells like. There's a lot of ingredients and essential elements in that orange that are valuable to the human being. Come on, it's, there's, absorb, there, there's uh, citric acid and there's, there's vitamin C and there, there's all these vitamins and minerals that are in the middle of that orange that when we eat it and chew it up and it gets down on the inside of us, it begins to do something for us so that just looking at it don't do. Come on, it begins to help us in a way that we cannot see. Our body begins to break down the orange and extract all the valuable elements out of that orange and it will give our body existence. Come on, because this world is made up of things that God created. And if God created it, there's something more behind it than just what you can see. Amen. It's more. He created it. He spoke it into existence. He created it for, by him, and for him. And if if it's by him, it's going to have something at work on the inside that's far greater than our ability to comprehend, our ability to look into it. Amen. Anything that God created is valuable for us. Somebody say amen. So ask yourself, have you ever asked yourself, what's that made of? Somebody say, what's that made of? value of a thing is far beyond what it looks like on the outside. In fact, from the beginning, we were not made to focus on the outward like we do. You know, that's part of the fall of mankind. How and when did that happen? I want you to stay with me this morning. How and when did that happen? What messed it up? What was the turning point? Amen. God created man. Adam and Eve created he them. He put them in the garden. Have you ever read the story? There was a tree in the midst of the garden. He told them, don't eat that. Right? Don't eat from that tree. Every other tree in this garden you can eat from. But don't eat from that tree. Why did he tell them not to eat from that tree? Because he knew it was not good for them. He knew it was bad for them. It was what, what, what was in it, what it was made of. Come on, somebody. Amen. Just because it's there doesn't mean that we can partake of it. Come on. Just because it has existence doesn't mean that it's good for us. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of things that have existence that aren't necessarily good for us. Come on. And when he, when he says no, we need to listen to when God says no. Because when God says no, he sees deeper than just the surface. But I like how that tastes, and I like how that makes me feel, and I like where that takes me. Come on. I like what that brings to my life, but understand, if God said no, there's something in that thing that's going to bring destruction and death to your life. So when God says no, we need to listen. Somebody say amen. Hear me. In verse, Genesis 3, chapter 6. I want you to put this on the board. Genesis 3. Chapter 6. 
Somebody say no. Elbow your neighbor and say listen. No's the kindest word that you can hear. You know the word no is protection. Amen. I try to tell my kids uh, in raising them, uh, you have to trust. At some point, you're going to have to trust that dad has your best interest at heart. Amen. And so when I say no, sometimes they're like, dad, but why? Sometimes I can't tell them why. Come on. Sometimes they're not ready to hear why. They're not, they're not mature enough to comprehend and understand why. But no means no, and no means that's protection for you. Come on. Uh, there are times where I'm not going to have to, ex- God's not going to have to explain himself to you. When he says no, you have to understand. He sees deeper than you see. He understands what you don't understand. He hears what you don't hear. He knows what you don't know. He's beyond. And sometimes we just have to trust that. Somebody say amen. But the woman started hanging around. start hanging around places that God forbids. It's not going to be long. You're going to start doing what God said no to. It's natural. Because the serpent is more subtle than any beast of the field. He'll begin to whisper in your ear. Hath God said you can eat of every tree? Well, he said that we can eat of every tree, but this one, that's because God knows that when you eat of this tree that you're going to be like a God. This is going to bring more value to your life. God just don't want you to know. And so the Bible says that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to what? To the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. You know, John wrote in in the book of John, he said, talking about sin, all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All sin comes from those three categories. Okay, two of them is about the eye, really. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the tri- and the pride of life. You know, the, the, the eye, it, the Bible says the eye is the wind, or they tell you the eye is the window to the soul, right? So when you look, whatever goes in the eye of a person gets beyond just the surface of that person. Amen. You look into the eye of a person, that you can see deeper than, have you ever looked into somebody's eyes and you're like, go there. Amen. I delivered, I was with Kaylin the other day and we were delivering, we were fast paced delivering. I had to get a signature from this lady at this house and and this woman stepped out and she's like, oh, I needed no one needed to sign for this. Bouncing around and she looked at me and then she was like, and I was like, whoa. See you later. Because the way she looked at me was, gave me the willies. I was like, did you see that? She's like, see what? Amen. Because when you look into the eyes of a person, amen, you can look deeper than just the, the surface of that person. Come on, somebody. Amen. The eyes are important to us. When she saw with her eyes, somebody say with her eyes, that the tree was good for food. How can you see that? It appealed to her, right? And then it was, and then it says it was pleasant to the eyes. So it was good to look on. Just because something's good to look on doesn't mean we need to be partaking of it. There's a lot of things that are good to look on that we should keep our eyes from looking on. Come on, somebody. We should keep our hands from touching. I'm preaching this morning, amen, to a generation of young men that's caught up in pornography and young women that's caught up in pornography. That stuff will destroy your minds. 
because it, it's pleasant to the eyes doesn't mean that we need to partake of it. In fact, the things that are most pleasant to our natural eyes are the things that are worse for us. Man, when she looked at it, she saw it was good enough for her. She made a decision based on what it looked like on the outside, not where it came from. Come on. And she made that decision. She took of that fruit and she ate it and she gave it to her husband and he ate it because we do what our wives tell us to. Just sit there and act like you're tough. She'll get you in line when you leave. <laughs> Sister Sharon's tickled. Man, he ate of it too. He didn't eat of it because he was beguiled by the serpent. He ate of it because his wife told him to. And he listened to her voice above the voice of God. Amen. And there was, a, the, there was a curse that fell on the woman, the curses that fell on the man because of their decisions to do what they did. But when she exercised her right to choose based on what that thing looked like, all of a sudden there was a, there was a transition, there was a flip that took place. There was something that happened there. And then all the Bible says in the next, in the next scripture, it says, and the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Okay, so the moment that she exercised, she looked at that thing, and she exercised her right based on what that thing looked like. What she saw on the outside of it attracted her. She didn't contemplate or even think about what was on the inside or what would be the impact of that decision. She made that decision solely on what it looked like. All of a sudden, there was a flip. Now, it's not inside out. It's outside in. Right? Now, she all of a sudden, their eyes were opened. And they're like, whoa, naked. Didn't realize it before then. They were naked the whole time. But that when they were operating under the commandments of God in the Garden of Eden, they were protected. Come on. They were protected. They didn't even think about the outside of anything. Amen. It wasn't even a thought. Amen. It wasn't even an inclination in their minds. But the moment that they gave heed to what was outside, all of a sudden now, that's the only thing that they could see. I'm naked. Oh, let's take care of that. They sewed fig leaves together and tried to clothe themselves. Right? And then what did they do after that? Anybody know? They hid themselves. They hid themselves. They heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. And they hid themselves because why? Because they were naked. Really? You're going to hide from your creator? Think about it. You're going to hide from the one that made you, right? You're, you're going to hide from, from the one because, because when you're focused on the outside and all you can see is the outside, amen, all of a sudden now you got to hide from God. Amen. You think that you got to hide it. Amen. Because it's on the outside. Amen. He can see that I'm naked. My focus is on the outside. I got to hide myself. I got to hide myself because now my focus has changed. It's no longer focused on the inside. It's on the outside. Let me tell you something. If you're hiding from God, if you're hiding and running from the voice of God, you're living from the outside in. Amen. But if you're living from the inside out and the spirit of God is in control of your life, you realize I don't have anything to hide from. Amen. He knows everything about me anyway. Anyways, amen, their eyes were opened, they knew that they were naked and they hid themselves, amen, so, so that's what we do, we hide ourselves, somebody say we hide ourselves, amen, God's like, play, God played in the game, like he didn't know where we were at, Adam, where art thou? He's thinking the whole time, I know you're behind that bush. I used to play hide and seek with my little kids. And Luke, he's like two years old. I'd say, go hide. You know, that's their favorite game, hide and seek. He'd go stand in the corner. 
because he thought if he couldn't see me, then I couldn't see him. That's a con- that's a true principle. Yeah, and it sounds funny, but that's what you're doing when you hide from God. You're standing in the corner with your hand over your eyes. And God's walking around you saying, where are you at? You're like, man, Luke, you're hiding too good. I can't see you. Where are you at? And I get your hand going, man, I hit, a, I hit a good spot this time. So I go sit down in the chair and drink a little bit of coffee. Because as long, as long as he's hiding in the corner, I'll have to watch him. Right? I know where he's at. He's not getting into something. come and find him. Oh, there you are. Hidden in plain sight. Amen. That's what we do. It sounds silly, doesn't it? It is. It is silly. But when you're focused on the outside, that's all you can see. Amen. You can't see God. You can't know God. Amen. You can't. You don't realize that God, God's there the whole time. He's watching you. He's working with you. Adam, where are you at? Finally, they come out. Here we are. I know where you're at. Why are you hiding? Well, because we were naked. We didn't want you to see us in that condition, so we hid ourselves. Who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the fruit? Well, that woman that you made, read it. That woman that you gave me, that stinking woman. You said she was going to be help to me. Right? The woman that you made, she, she gave me the fruit and I ate it. And he looks at the woman. She says, that serpent, the devil made me do it. Amen. He, he, he told me it was going to be okay, and so I did it because there's always blame to be put out. Amen. There, there's always blame, but we have to understand a, a, a certain thing this morning, a particular thing. In order for you to get repentance, you have to acknowledge your sin. You have to acknowledge your part in it. You have to acknowledge it, accept it, repent of it, and walk away from it. Amen. And in order to restore sensitivity, somebody say amen. So her... Her, her desire to have that thing that she saw, it changed her. Amen. And from that moment forward, mankind walk in the earth, and the only thing that they can focus on is what's on the outside. The only thing that they desire is what's on the outside, what they can see with their eyes, touch with their hands. Come on. And smell with their nose and hear with their ears. Come on, somebody. In order for them to be fulfilled, they feel like they have to have all of the things that they can see. But you have to understand today that the things that you can see were made by things that do not appear. Everything that you can see with your eyes, it's temporal. But the things that they're made of are eternal. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. I got a scripture for you. Does anybody learn anything? For the invisible things of him, Put it up here, Romans 120. For the invisible things of him. Somebody say invisible. What's invisible mean? It's unseen. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The things that are made were put in everything that were made. Amen. The things that are that are that are unseen or invisible were put in everything that was made. Amen. The creation of the world around us, amen, tells us about who God is. 
Amen. The things of, of the creation of this world, are the invisible things are clearly seen by the things that are made. Amen. We understand that, that God made it all. We understand that he's the manufacturer of everything. Amen. That he created everything. He designed everything. And so any time that somebody designs something, they are in the thing that they design. Amen. The, the, the characteristics of who they are and the things about them are put into those things. Amen. Everything that God is and everything that, that, that God was and everything that God will ever be was put into the things that he created. Amen. We can, we can derive revelations about God based on the things that, that are made, the creations of the world, but you can't do that if you just look on the outward appearance. Amen. You can't do that if you just focus on what you can see with your natural eye. You have to look into God's word. Amen. And understand that God's word made everything. And if God's word made everything, then you can get revelations of God's word in everything that God made. Somebody say, man, all things, Somebody say all things, things of God are clearly seen through the things that, that God made. Somebody say they're clearly seen things that God made so that they are without excuse. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and say, there's no excuse. People that say that, that they believe in the evolution theory and that everything was created from a little bang or some bacteria and everything that, that we see with our eyes came forth from that. They have more faith than I do. Amen. That it's just by chance. Come on, somebody. Nothing happens just by chance. Amen. By chance. I'm not, I'm not depending on chance to get me where I need to go. But I'm depending on a God that knows. Amen. Because when you begin to look under the surface of everything that was made, you begin to see how powerful, come on, you begin to see how wonderful, you begin to see how merciful that God is. Come on, you begin to see the love of God in everything that he made, in, in the, the beauty of the sunrise. Amen. Every morning when that sun peeks over uh, the horizon and the light begins to shine on our lives and we begin to understand, I have a new day, a fresh day. I have a new morning in order to receive mercy that God is faithful, that no matter what happens in my life, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Come on. And it's going to come up in the east sky and it's going to go down in the west because that's the way God created it. Amen. You begin to be able to put your faith in God because of everything that he made and everything that he spoke into existence. It will continue. He said he is before all things and by him all things consist. All things continue in operation because of who he is. And it will continue in he, until he says. Somebody say amen. So let me ask you this morning. Are you seeing what you need to see? Are you hearing what you need to hear? Are you understanding what you need to understand? In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus speaks, spoke to the people in parables. Does anybody know what a parable is? It's a story, right? It was a, a story of natural things. Man, he would have a, it was like an analysis. It was a, it was a, a story told with a spiritual principle behind it. Because we understand spiritual principles based on natural things. Man, they're more than just what they look like on the outside. Because the word of God is in those things. He's, he, and so the, the, the disciples said, why do you tell these stories? I don't, why, well, I don't understand why you're telling these stories. And Jesus says, therefore, speak out to them in parables because they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And the, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. 
For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. Amen. He's telling them that they are seeing, but they're, they're not seeing. They're, they're, they're seeing, but they're not perceiving. They're hearing, but they're not understanding. Right? So, so the natural faculty is working. Right? The natural ability to see is in operation. Amen. I'm seeing all you this morning. So my, my, my natural ability to see you is, is working. Amen. Uh, you're hearing my voice this morning. So your ears are in operation. You're able to hear the words that I'm saying. Amen. But the question is this morning, your, your, your natural faculties are working, but are you truly seeing what needs to be seen? Come on, are you truly understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth? Or is the words coming out of my mouth just noise to you? And that's what Jesus was saying. Uh, they see a lot of things, amen. They're, 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 their natural ability to see is working, but they're not perceiving anything, amen. They're, their ears are working, but they're not, they're not understanding what thus saith the Lord. And I want to tell you this morning, your natural faculties can be at work, and your natural ability to hear can be at work. But if you're not seeing and perceiving that God is in everything, and that God's trying to speak to your life, then you're not hearing anything and you're not seeing anything. Somebody say man. He's saying they're they're hearing, they're seeing, but they're not perceiving. They're hearing, but they're not really hearing me. Have you ever been talking to somebody and their eyes just kind of glaze over? Someone over there right now. Their eyes kind of glaze over. And they just get this stare. And you're like, man, they're looking right through me. I'm talking to them. Some of you are elbowing your husbands right now, right? Talking about you. Come on, listen, preach. Go ahead, pastor. Amen. Their eyes glaze over and all they, they make a transition to where they were listening. In fact, they're not even hearing your noise. They're looking right through you like you're not even there, and they're thinking about what they're going to have for lunch. And whenever that happens, I'm like, okay, see you later. Find somebody else that wants to hear what I have to say, right? Because communication is two-way. Hear me this morning. Communication is two-way. Somebody say it's two-way. Amen. It's, it's, it's communicating by talking and it's communicating by listening. Is anybody listening? Does anybody want to hear the voice of God? Because the Bible tells me that it is immutable. It's an immutable voice. That means he never quits talking. That he can't be silenced. Amen. He's, it's, it's an unchanging voice. Amen. He never quits trying to speak to us or show us. Come on, somebody. But the question is, are we hearing what he's trying to say? And are we seeing what he's trying to show us? Because whether you realize it or not, God is in everything around you. Come on. He's in everything around you. Everything that was made was made by him. Come on. The conversations that are going on around you, he's trying to get your attention. The circumstances that are happening in your life, he's trying to get your attention. Amen. He's trying to speak you the eternal words of life. And I want to tell you this morning, you got to open your eyes and open your ears and have a change of heart in order to receive what God says to us in Jesus' name. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Amen. I want to hear it. As we stumble around through life trying to find our purpose, it's right there in front of you. Amen. It's in Him. Somebody say it's in Him. It's in Jesus. It's all in Jesus. He said, in Him we 
about us is in him. Amen. And as we're stumbling through life, reaching for all these things that we can see around us, running after these things that we can see and hold in our hands and, and put in our bodies and all these things that we can look at with our eyes to try to bring satisfaction and pleasure to our lives. Come on, somebody. All these things that we're running to don't have the ability to fulfill you. The only thing that has the ability to fulfill you is him. It's the spirit of the living God. The Bible says that Satan took Jesus up into a high mountain. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He said, bow down and worship me. And all these things... That's the thing. What else? What's a, what's a thing? What's what's a thing? Huh? Temporary. Yeah, it's an in, it's an inanimate object. It's 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 something that that really is it's just there doesn't really have any bearing on eternity. It's, a, it's just a thing. You know, it's just a bunch of stuff. Somebody say stuff. It's, it's not really, it really doesn't even prove anything. Having all this stuff, man. But he told Jesus, he said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give all these things you. even know who you're talking to? Right? Because that scripture that we just read about all things were made by him and for him and without him was not anything made that was made. How many know that's true? Amen. That's about him. And Satan says, takes him up to a high mountain and tempts him. All these things will be yours if you'll bow down and worship. So Jesus quotes him a scripture. the scripture is? Does anybody know what he said? That's one of them, but that's not the one he used here. He said, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. There was a principle here that Jesus understood as the son of God, as the, the one who was created the, the, the worlds and everything that exists. Come on, somebody. Everything that is was made by him and for him. Amen. He, 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 there's a scripture, there's a, a concept, a principle that he's trying to get across. Amen. He, he says, worship, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. What he's saying is that God's got to be at the center. And when God's at the center, then everything else flows out from that. Amen. He said, worship the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit, and and and, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Those, those are the two in the greatest commandments. What he's saying is, you need to worship me with all your heart, all your strength, all of your mind, everything that you are, and out of that will flow everything that you need. Amen. Because our life is more than the things that we possess with our hands and see with our eyes. In order for us to start living a life not focused on the outward, we got to begin to focus on the inward and say, you know what? From this moment forward, I'm going to focus my attention not on the things that I can see, but on the word of God, on the things that I can't see, on the things that are of God. And everything that I need will come forth from that. Amen. God's trying to make a transition for us this morning. Get us to understand that it's not his will for us to follow all the things of this world, try to fill ourselves with the things that we can see when God's got a greater plan for our life. Amen. In Matthew 6, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put it up here. Matthew 6, 
seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Say it with me. And all these things shall be added. What things? What things? He says, he said, don't be like the Gentiles. The Gentiles were unbelievers. Don't be like the Gentiles that, that seek after food and raiment, right? And where will they, where they will live? Where will they be sheltered? Where, how will they be clothed? How will they find food? Because your heavenly father knows what you have need of. He tells him, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything, all these things. Somebody say, all these things will be added to you. So he's trying to get them to understand that, listen, your life's existence is about more than just those things. It's, it's, a, it's, it's about your relationship with me. Come on, it's about the way that you're living. It's about the things that you're allowing to go on in your life. Come on, somebody. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is righteousness? Right way of living, right? It's the right way. It's the right way of living. Contrary to the world's way. Come on, somebody. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, its righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When you get God at the center, come on, when you get him in the place that he's supposed to be, when you enthrone him in your life and say, from now on, I'm not going to do anything that's outside of God's word. Amen. If I'm going to live through God's word. I'm going to let God's word live through me. He said, all these things will be added. So when you begin to put God at the center, it automatically produces the things that you need and the things that you desire in your life. That's the way he created it to be. Amen. So if we're living our, our lives on the, from the outside in, it's going to be empty. Come on. You're going to feel lost. You're going to feel empty. You're going to feel like you're getting a hold of things that you thought that would fulfill you. But then when you get to the end of that thing, you're like, man, this is terrible. This is not what I thought it was going to happen. This is not what I thought it would produce. Amen. But those things in and of themselves cannot bring satisfaction to our lives. But if you seek first the kingdom of God, you get his spirit on the inside of you. You get the word of God controlling your life. You'll have peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And God will add those things. Stand with me all around the building. All things were made by him and for him. The things were made by him and for him. Come on, somebody. The firstborn of every creature. But the things are not supposed to be the most important or top priority. And he's talking in the book of Romans, he's talking about the generation that he's living in where they worship the creature more than the creator. What do you think he's talking about? They're, they're living their lives from the outside in. Come on, they're fulfilling the creature's desire. They're worshiping the creature and what the creature wants. Everything they look at with their eyes that they're desiring it's just another creature to them. Amen. They never look beyond the surface and say, whoa, what's that made of? Come on. What's that made of? We got to get Jesus at the center. Somebody say, we got to get Jesus at the center. This is not a game. I'm not standing up here this morning just to, to preach so I can hear my voice. God's got a plan for your life. 
it's not going to happen until you get him at the center. Somebody say amen. John 15, he said, I am the vine. You're the branches. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them. Come on, somebody. And cast them into the fire and they are burned. What happens to a, a branch from a, that dies on a tree? What happens to that to that branch? Is that if, if there's a if you look at a tree and most of the branches have green leaves on them and they're living, they have fruit on them. They're valuable to that tree. But if you look up and you see a branch connected to that tree that's bare, bark's falling off of it. Come on, somebody. It's dead. What what do you do to a what happens to a branch that's dead? It falls off a lot of times by itself. But if there's somebody caring for the tree, they cut it off. Why do they cut it off? Has anybody ever thought, thought about this? Why do they cut off the dead branches? Because it's a danger for the tree. A dead branch is an avenue through which infection and bacteria can get into the tree and bring sickness to the tree and ultimately to the root of the tree and kill the tree. You know God's smarter than that? Any branch that don't bring forth fruit is cut off. It's thrown in a fire. Amen. You come up to my house when we get a big windstorm. My house is surrounded by a bunch of oak trees and they make a mess. Luke would be glad to allow you to help. Somebody said, uh, why do you have a fire pit that big? Well, it's because we have a lot of trees. <laughs> Whenever there's a windstorm, it blows all the dead branches off the trees. You know what we do to those dead branches? Pick them up, pile them in that fire, and we have a wiener roast. Because that's all they're good for. Come on, somebody. God's wanting some fruit. God's wanting to see some fruit. Talking about it's not good enough. I know if I, I feel conviction too, you're supposed to feel that. God's wanting to see some fruit. Not adultery, not fornication. Come on, not uncleanness, not unholiness. Come on, somebody. God's wanting to see some righteousness. Because if you're connected to the vine, what's flowing in the vine, can you feel it? It's going to start flowing in me. And if I'm connected to that tree, and, and I, 
I got my root in that tree. Come on, somebody. I'm putting my hope in that tree. Everything that I am, my life's in that tree. Everything that's flowing in that tree is going to be available to me. And if what's in that tree is available to me, it's going to bring forth in my life. It's time for some fruit. God's calling us to fruit. Come on, somebody. God's calling us to put our faith and our hope in him like never before. Amen. I'm going to tell you this morning, if you begin still, if you walk out of this place and you continue to focus on the things that you can see, it's going to bring destruction to your life. Death. It's going to bring death to your life. It's going to bring hurt and sorrow and darkness and depression. It will not fulfill you. I don't know how many times I can say it. thing where we're going to find our fulfillment is when we get connected to the tree. Amen. And that healing and that forgiveness and that restoration and that redemption and the blood of Jesus begins to cover me and the word of the Lord begins to bring comfort to my soul and revelation to my spirit and it's a life to my, it's, it's health to my navel and it's marrow to my bones and it begins to very, begin the very thought of my heart and, and the desires of my heart. Then and only then will you find the purpose of God in your life. It's got to be first. Somebody say it's got to be first. Amen. You can't have the blessing of the Lord if you're not connected to the vine. You can't have the life of God if you're not connected to the vine. You got to be in the vine and the vine's got to be in you. Amen. You got to be focused on the eternal and the eternal's got to be in you. Come on. You got to be living it out. You got to be walking it. You got to be bearing fruit of it. It's not enough to come to church on Sunday. You got to be a partaker. It's time. You were made by him and for him. By him and for him. Everything that you are, you were made by him. And you were made for him. Not for those things. Come on. You were made for him. The purpose of your life is for him. Amen. The purpose of your life is for him. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a will. Amen. He wants you to walk it out. He wants to give it to you on a day-by-day basis. Come on. He wants to bring fulfillment to your life. You need to get connected to the vine. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to just close your eyes right now. I don't want anybody looking around. Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord right now and say, God, I want my eyes to be open that I can perceive. And I want my ears to be open, Lord, that I can understand and hear. And I want my heart to be changed, Lord, that I receive it. Whatever you have to say. Oh, in Jesus' name. lived your life, I want you to keep your eyes closed. Every one of us, we fail. We have imperfections. We have times when we're focused on the Lord. I don't care if you've been in church 20 years, 25, 30 years. There are times where you're really, really close to the Lord and there's times where you begin to, you know, you kind of go up and down, in and out a little bit until you realize He's everything that This is not just a message for one person or five people. This is for the whole church. This is for everybody. If you've lived your life, you've been chasing after things. You've been chasing after stuff. The stuff that you're pursuing is not the things of God. It's the things that can bring satisfaction to your flesh. You know who you are. God wants to change your heart this morning. to change your path. The only way he can do that is if you have a repentant heart. If you feel sorrow in your heart, you're sorry for it. And you want to change your path. You can find an altar.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.